0: So, while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in, and enjoy the politics of everything. My guest today is a self made serial entrepreneur, an engaging public speaker, philanthropist, mentor, film producer, and world traveler with a globally recognized reputation across multiple industries. Kel K. Ganeshan is currently founder and CEO of multiple thriving enterprises, including Kyber Inc., a Michigan-headquartered global IT company with over 700 employees and millions in annual revenue, and a bunch of other brands, Kyber Films, Kyber Wellness, Kyber Innovations, Kyber Fashions, and Kyber Music. Infectious enthusiasm and courageous determination power his drive to do what others are afraid to do as he blazes a trail for the next generation of entrepreneurs with a simple secret of success – do what makes you happy. Ganeshan earned a mechanical engineering degree from Wayne State University before getting his start at Chrysler Corporation. Over 13 years, he earned multiple awards and promotions in manufacturing and product development. The desire to make a bigger impact and build something of his own then took him in the direction of entrepreneurship with the establishment of his business. He's filled by a belief that entrepreneurs make the world a better place for everyone and founded Tycon Detroit, the largest entrepreneurial conference in Michigan, modelled after Tycon Silicon Valley. And has had a string of different awards and has played a key role in the advancement of many mentors and so forth in the startup and entrepreneurial space. Over a 30-year career, his groundbreaking work has earned him national recognition, including some of the awards such as Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year finalist for three years and a place among D Business Magazine's Detroit 500 Most Powerful Business Leaders. On any given weekday morning, you can find him deep in meditation and yoga poses before he heads into his business ventures. He actively levels up his comfort zone with tennis, kayaking, and traveling to new places. Obviously, now the pandemic is eased, that's far more possible. After everything he's worked hard to achieve, he's still convinced that the biggest potential is yet to be realized. And he works hard daily to push the limits of what's possible and loves to use his tagline that he has for his business, making the impossible possible. So warmly welcoming you to the podcast of Everything Tell.
1: Oh, glad to be with you, Amber. Glad to be with you.
0: Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since 2017, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution to make the process quick and painless, the way podcasting should be. If you know me, I'm pretty obsessed with quality guests, quality content, and quality sound, and that's what Zencaster allows me to do. Not to mention, it's really easy to use, even for my guests that aren't particularly tech-savvy. There's nothing to download, they just click on the link and we start recording. ZenCaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post production all in the one tool. You don't have to leave your browser to get each episode done. I want you to have the same great experience that I do for all my podcasts and content needs. So I have a special offer for you. If you go to zen.ai forward slash politics of everything and enter this promo code, you'll get 30% off in your first three months when you sign up to ZenCaster Pro. That's Z. E-N dot A-I, Politics of Everything. It's now time to share your story. So um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember in your childhood thinking you might be an entrepreneur or something else? Or did you have a far different dream? And I kind of, I guess what I'm trying to get to is what is your early career story?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't have earlier career story, but one thing that I had that kind of relates to what I'm doing, probably I would say was even 10 years old. I was you know, back in India, this, you know, going back to India, I used to, you know, go and watch movies. Back in the days, we used to stand in a long queue, sometimes two hours, three hours, four hours. In those moments, I used to think, you know, who, how, who are these guys making these movies? What, they must be having a boatload of money, you know? So those, you know, aspirations was there, but I never really, because, you know, I, A, I didn't have money, and B, I didn't have the background, but, uh, but if I were to go back and look at it, I think that the seed of which was already there planted long, long time ago, so long ago, I have to only say it in decades, probably four decades ago.
0: Absolutely. So our topic today is about comfort zones, and the term comfort zone is firmly embedded in our everyday cultural discourse, and the metaphor of leaving one's comfort zone is something that we've sort of been using in in everyday conversations for the past 30 years or so. The phrase comfort zone was coined, I I read in my research anyway, by a thinker called Judith Bardick in 1991 in a book called Danger in the Comfort Zone, and I'd like to just share a quote with you in the audience before I ask your opinion. The comfort zone is a behavioural state within which a person operates in an anxiety neutral condition using a limited set of behaviors to deliver a steady level of performance usually without a sense of risk so for you personally having you know obviously done so much and have so much success how would you define your version of a comfort zone and I'm imagining for everyone that have a different risk appetite that that would vary so what's your view of the comfort zone
1: I, I don't believe in comfort zone Amber I think the way i define comfort zone is that as long as you don't fall off the cliff you don't have a comfort zone and so i'm in the process of figuring out in my journey where my comfort zone really is and so for example if i said set, set up something in the business in terms of the you know revenue the employee growth or number of you know uh, locations and then you keep pushing so then then I I wonder that, you know, that comfort zone was, you know, set by me. So what I try to do these days is to let the reality define what the comfort zone, and I keep pushing. So that way, uh, that's why I said earlier that I stopped having comfort
0: zone. Within the comfort zone, there sometimes isn't a lot of incentive for some people, obviously not yourself, to reach new heights of performance. And some people live a lot of their life going about, you know, routine, whether it be in work, whether it be in, in relationships, it could be in their exercise routines even, that's devoid of risk. And they might plateau in their progress, but they're okay with that because not everyone's going to be a multimillionaire, a CEO. Some people don't want that level of risk, if you like. Yes. Do you think it's always a bad thing or are you sort of advocating that everyone can kind of push themselves to whatever level they think is okay and you know so be it. Yeah,
1: I I think I think uh, you know the analogy I would use Amber is that you know of course the boat can always be in the shore it will be clean good but the purpose of the boat is to sail. Similarly the purpose of the human life is to experience and what is the point in being in a comfort zone and you know even animals are in comfort zone so even they are taking a lot of risk, so we should be able to take risk. I'm not saying go and you know kill yourself or you know go and do some gambling and put yourself out of business. What I mean by that is that like you know living in fear, you're not living the fullest potential of human life is how I look at it, and I think most of it you know psychologically it is because of fear uh and because of a lot of expectations. And I think my answer to that is that if you live in the moment, that is the only moment that matters. And I think you would start to realize this comfort zone is a self-limiting belief imposed by us, imposed by our mind. And so if we manage the mind, I believe those comfort zones will start to you know, get wider and wider and wider and therefore the long story short is that so your appetite for risk you know gets better and better.
0: Absolutely I can I can relate to that. I think as obviously as you get older too you've got more experiences under your belt and you kind of work out how to if you like manage risk in your own brain. I think when you're younger and everything is for the first time that can be a lot lot more daunting. Can you enhance your own sense of how you push yourself beyond that basic level of comfort obviously you've achieved phenomenal success but there obviously has been some setbacks as well and it's you know success is yes. never just an uphill trajectory so how have you kind of if you like reset yourself to make sure that you're you're not plateauing because hey that particular business venture wasn't that successful even though five others have been so you know how do you navigate that as you as you keep pushing yourself
1: yeah, so so I don't declare success on any one thing, Amber. You know, it's it's really a journey, right? End of the day, how do you declare success? Do you de- declare success when you're forty or fifty or sixty or seventy or thirty? We don't know that, and so it keeps on going. And uh, yes, not all businesses are going to be successful. Thomas Alva Edison did not have. His light bulb at at a tenth trial. In fact, at ten thousand trial is when he he got the electricity. You know what I mean. Yes. So similarly, you got to keep trying and uh, you got to keep going. And uh, along the way, you learn a lot of lessons. And every time, it's going to be better and better. So that's the way I I approach. And then I ask. I think myself from a practical standpoint, I ask the question: Tell what is the worst thing that will happen to you? I mean in my case, you know, originally I came from India. Okay, everything fails, I go back to India. That can't be bad because I just came from there. Right? And then I go, what, what what will I mean if all the entrepreneurial ventures fail, what do I do? I go back to Chrysler Corporation and work over there. And I tell myself, okay, that can be bad because that's where I started. So then every time I keep asking the question and I keep doing it, and then I have not. I have not found the ghost yet because it's all fear in our head and I'm yet to find that ghost, uh, you know, in real life. So therefore, I said, these are all, you know, self-limiting beliefs, unfounded fears that we keep floating around. And when I, mean, I keep asking these questions over and over, as you said, with time, it gets better, much like the wine, it gets better and better and better. And so therefore, you take more risk and then say, okay. I keep going, I keep going and uh, that's how I tell myself when I make any new decisions on any new venture and and then, of course, if it doesn't work, you shut it down.
0: Yes, of course, and that's the thing, right? I mean, success is not only not finite, it's not guaranteed. It, just because you've had success in the past, you know, that it helps, of course, and I think like, like what you're saying, the self-limiting beliefs perhaps shift because you're like, I've done this before, I can do it again. But certainly, you know, not everything every entrepreneur touches turns to gold, so to speak.
1: Yes, yes. Because you know, Amber, as you know, the market conditions change. The technology worked ten years ago is obsolete now. And just because you are successful, you know, pre-internet, you're not going to be successful now. Now we have you know meta, you have NFT, all kinds of things keep coming. And so we can't rest on you know, past laurels and expect to repeat the same thing. Of course, as you said, that experience helped. But again, you got to reinvent yourself, innovate yourself and add new tools to the, to the toolbox.
0: Absolutely. How can we make the most of that uh, sense of the impossible becoming possible, which I love that is your tagline for your business, I guess, a mantra for your life, and still remain balanced in how we live our lives and, and say not burnout. I think burnout's a big one at the moment because after a few years of the pandemic, a lot of people working from home have actually found they've worked longer hours and perhaps don't have as much, if you like, balance in their life. So how do you personally Manage those those big ambitions and goals, and of course working hard with it, what it sounds like. You know, you have all the sort of tools like meditation and so forth at your fingertips that allow you to to strike that balance. How did you get to that point?
1: Yes, I mean, I mean, like it's just like um, you know, once you start tasting success, it's almost like tiger smelling the blood, right? Once it smells the blood, it goes for the kill. And so I don't do drugs, but I. I get the adrenaline rush by doing these kind of things, Amber, and that's what keeps me going more than money. It's about, okay, who said that I cannot do this? Who said I shouldn't be in this business? Who sh- said I shouldn't be in film business? Why should a tech entrepreneur not be in the film business? And who dictates that? Is it, is it the society or X, Y, and Z? And I try to go with, you know, once, you know, I start with ignorance. Ignorance is a bliss but then I apply whatever I learned in one line of business. And then sometimes, you know, uh, the, the expert themselves may not know the answer, right? So I go with a different mindset. And when I make it happen, I think it gives me a, a, a high sense of fulfillment in life. And that's why I go for making the impossible possible because people think it is impossible and then I make it possible. It's almost like a sport. It's almost like a game.
0: You gamified
1: um, it a bit maybe yeah, for yourself. Exactly, so. yeah. And that's what keeps me driving. Otherwise, you know, it will be boring, right? As you know, once you become an entrepreneur, you made one thing. And then if you keep repeating the same thing, then there is no thrill. Mm. And, and, and so there is no fun. And beyond money, how do you do that? Different people have different fun and thrill. And for me, making the impossible possible is really, that's why I kept that as the tagline of the company. And then not only as a tagline, uh, as a person, as a personality, that's what keeps me going. And then I go into different areas where I have no knowledge. And then I learn it. And then I surround myself with a lot of people with that experience, domain expertise. And then I draw the uh, the information from them. Then I have my own information that I put together. And then I make it happen. And uh, it keeps on going. I mean, if like we discussed, if it fails, I shut it down. Then I start something else new. Yes, you're not perturbed
0: by that failure. It sounds like it doesn't set you back too much. Yeah,
1: it is is part of the process. I think, you know, our society makes failure as something like a taboo. You shouldn't happen. Of course, everybody has failures. I think they're all part of this. They are the opposite sides of the same coin, Amber, you know, both success and failure. They are in the same spectrum and you keep doing and overcoming the failure, you become successful. So to me, it is the same thread exactly you see what i'm saying i don't differentiate it and to me it is one and the same
0: yes absolutely and i do admire that that sort of i guess that fortitude to keep going sometimes i think when people have failure then they doubt themselves and they think it's all on them if that makes sense but like you mentioned market conditions geopolitical factors the economy pandemics they all impact things which might have been a great idea but they couldn't always, you know, get off the ground, or they couldn't find the right, you know, people who had the money to buy what you were offering.
1: Yes, yes, and then and then we need to pivot and we need to change, make these different assumptions, and 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 then operate in different conditions. Like Zoom was going like crazy, now Zoom is slowing down. Absolutely. You know what I mean.
0: And I think same so with the gifts. streaming services. I think Netflix posted same, yeah. some, some, you know, great profits when we're all stuck at home for a year or two, and and obviously more streaming services came on board. And then people go back to work, and we don't necessarily want to watch movies, you know, four hours a day. Yes. So does success matter if we're not happy? And I would love you to unpack this because I love the fact that you, you mentioned to me, and I've obviously shared that in the introduction, that you have to do what makes you happy. But for some people, you know, if they want to make money, they think that, that they're not symbiotic. They think that, you know, making money and happiness don't necessarily go together because they might have to do work that they're good at but they don't enjoy, for example.
1: To me, uh, I mean, to put it bluntly, Amber, to me, that is a waste of life because to me, you know, the purpose of life is to be happy. To me, the mother of all goals is happy and happiness is everything. I mean, what's the point in being, you know, successful and getting depressed? I mean, I don't understand that. But to me, I mean, I don't understand. I don't get it. I mean, so to me, happiness is everything. I mean, if you can't be happy, why are you working hard and killing yourself for what and why? And what what is the purpose of life?
0: Yeah, I agree. Is it the purpose of
1: life to be miserable and depressed?
0: And think everything has to be hard. I think that's the thing. People sometimes think it has to have a degree of not lack of joy, but you know, just a mundanity to it to make it, you know, to, to be to make money, for example. For some people it's. Yeah. I,
1: I'm not I'm not saying, you know, don't make money by all, by all means one should make money. But then, but not at the expense of your happiness. I'm not saying, you know, be kumbaya, and not do any work. <laughs> well, and we, just have, be happy. we have
0: bills to pay. Um, all of us do, no matter what. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes.
1: Yeah, so so we have to work hard. Of course, we have to play hard, and uh, you know. But at the same time, uh, to me, happiness is 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 very essential of human life. And to me, uh, that's uh, you know that's why. The founding fathers of America has you know, uh, as nicely put it into the Declaration of Independence as one of the three tenets pursuit of happiness. I would even say, not even pursue happiness, be happy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So what's the point in being pursuing? Actually, you should be happy. Uh, don't pursue, just be happy, is what I say. And uh, to me, you know, being successful and not being happy. I just don't get it and I don't buy it.
0: And I think you've touched on something quite important there, that elusive idea of people have an idea and I've spoken, obviously, to hundreds of entrepreneurs on this show and a lot in my business as well. The idea that once I make my first million, I'll be happy and then it becomes once I get a Porsche, I'll be happy. So they're always chasing happiness rather than being happy with where they're at, if that makes sense.
1: Ah, Well said, Amber. My final takeaway is this if you are happy success happens by itself
0: yeah that's right because your version of success is kind of where you're at
1: yes you could be successful but happiness is not guaranteed but if you're happy and you pursue whatever you're doing to me success is guaranteed because you are in a greater state of mind you will be able to attract the right kind of employees you'll be able to attract the right kind of partners and investors. And nobody wants to, you know, be with somebody who is depressed and somebody who is, you know, negative Nancy's. And, and so that's really my, my take on that.
0: Who have been your most important mentors, maybe one or two along your business or career journey? And why are they so memorable for you?
1: I think my, I would say it's about 14, 15 years ago, I had a mentor, he passed away. His name is Frank Stella. What resonated? I mean, still, I I'm, I'm not able to even do what what he did. So he dedicated one day for public service. What I mean by that is, five days he used to work for himself. Day six, he had an open office. Anybody can come to him, and he would offer free business advice and anything, anything else. And sixth day, one day dedicated just for people. I found that to be very, very profound very impactful. And uh, in the process, you create new entrepreneurs, and you create economic prosperity for all of them. And sometimes you can give money, Amber, but money doesn't go a long way. It's it's almost like teaching somebody how to fish than giving them fish every single day. Absolutely. And uh, I found that, you know, I'm, I'm still not able to dedicate uh, that one full day to others. But uh, I do my own charitable things in my own way. But uh, that is really what I would like to follow. And uh, that still stays with me is to, you know, make, make that happen by dedicating a day for others.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a fantastic goal. I think that everyone, you know, can relate to as well. If we spoke again in a year's time, what would be your number one goal to have achieved and why?
1: The number one goal would, would be that I should have meditated almost every day and not giving excuses. That will be my goal. And because I've, the more I meditate, the more I am calm, the more I'm happier, the more clarity comes to me and I'm able to get into more of a, a virtuous cycle and not caught in the vicious cycle that we all lead in. And to me, if I do that, everything else happened by
0: itself. That's fantastic, and we have mentioned you—you you had a takeaway message for us in an earlier conversation we had today. But can you give us one final message for anyone listening today that wants to get better at the politics of comfort zones?
1: Yeah, I think I—I—I I, I, I think life is too short, and to me, life is just a long dream, and therefore, you know, worrying about too many things and living in the moment. And living spontaneously, you would achieve a lot more than overthinking and overanalyzing and not making the shot. You know, I think that's really my my biggest input and that's really my message for all the listeners who listen to your podcast.
0: Thank you, Tell. You are so wise and obviously had lots of success. And I can hear the calmness when you talk. So I think you have you found some sort of inner peace, even though what you do sounds incredibly busy. So I think everyone can uh, learn from, from your experiences. And if you do want to connect further with Tell, there will be some details on the show notes. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.